This show may contain strong language and sexual content. If you're a minor looking for information or help without all the grown-up stuff, visit our website at mygayagendapodcast.com for resources. This episode contains discussion of cis-normative views of queer identity and a mention of colonialism. It also contains discussions about the LGBTQIA community, but you probably figured that out already. It's right in the title. Monday, we're super gay. Tuesday is also gay. Wednesday is still pretty gay. And Thursday, I have a night class. Friday, we continue to be gay. Saturday is the gayest day. Sunday, yeah, it's still gay, but we also record a podcast. Hello and welcome to My Gay Agenda, an investigative podcast where we interview the queer community and plot our world domination. My name is Jay. My name is CJ, and we are your co-conspirators <laughs> in plotting whatever it is to set people think it is we're doing. <laughs> I'm laughing a little because I just saw the terror in Jay's eyes. <laughs> oh, did you catch me forgetting the intro that I've been saying for almost three years now? Um <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, CJ, what's in the buy schedule for today? You, you, the listener, may have been wondering 10 seconds ago, who was that third laugh? Why, it's Austin. Hi, everyone. I'm Austin Ramsey. My pronouns are he and him. Terrific. And then uh, we're going to play a game after chatting with Austin a bit, as yeah. is our want to do. <laughs> uh, so how are you today, Austin? I'm doing okay. Uh, just came home from work, and now I'm here for this lovely interview. Oh, hooray. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Want to tell us a little bit about yourself, Elevator Pitch? <laughs> sure. Um, oh, geez. Uh, what hats do I wear? Uh, well, I am a <laughs> technically qualified teacher, but not currently able to find employment in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a process server by day, which is basically a glorified legal courier. Um the, the closest explanation of, that most people are familiar with with process serving is if you've ever seen Pineapple Express, that is like the exaggerated Hollywood version of what a process server is. Now uh, imagine that I haven't seen Pineapple Express. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like I said, it's a glorified courier, right? Basically, okay. I just take documents to places. Um, but the, the right. exciting thing that I do that isn't um, a boring day job or a career that I am not employed in is that I'm a tabletop role-playing game designer. Woohoo! So, and also the reason I'm on here is that I'm bi. Woo! We love it! Bi club, <laughs> bi club. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was nervous when you started to say pro-sis and I'm like, hmm. <laughs> All right, I'm going to have to warm up to Austin. <laughs> Coming on to my show saying he's pro-cis. Mm, hey, hey. <laughs> so, some cis are cool. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll have to take your word for it, Jay. <laughs> but that's awesome that you do a TTRPG. Uh, we've had a couple of guests on, actually, that... Um, did it specialize in that like jeff stormer oh yes i saw y'all were mutuals (laughs) (laughs) uh so uh lead us on your queer journey god yeah uh where to begin i guess i guess the sort of like the the one thing that always jumps out as like kind of my uh 
the prologue in a way to my queer journey was um, my a conversation that seemed to happen on a semi-regular basis with my mom when I was in high school. Uh, my mom is definitely uh, queer friendly. Um, she had a number of uh, lesbian friends when I was growing up and so, you know, I became, I was not uh, hidden away from queer society in that way. Um, and, you hobnobbed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so something she did like roughly every six months when I started high school was we'd go out for dinner somewhere and then the conversation would eventually come to her asking, uh, so do you have a girlfriend? And I'd be like, no. And then she'd say, uh, are there any girls you like? I'd say, no. And then she'd say, are there any boys you like? And I'd say, no. And then she'd say, you know, I, I wouldn't have any problems if there were boys you'd liked. And I say, I know mom. (laughs) And like, it's wonderful that she was very open with that uh with that love for me um i know that not everyone is lucky enough to have that kind of support but as a teenager Mm. who like wasn't having any kind of romantic inclinations because i was extremely uh shy and introverted and uh yeah that that like extremely nerdy right Mm. and Mm -hmm. uh so having that conversation roughly every six months actually probably closer to every three months now that i think about it uh (laughs) got real old but (laughs) it also like gave me really weird like actually i guess maybe not terribly weird but i ended up questioning my sexuality because of them sort of going like well i don't have a girlfriend and i don't have any crushes am i gay and like having those questions and like eventually I came around to no I'm not gay I'm definitely not queer there are like (laughs) lots of like eventually I started to get crushes and started dating in high school and all the while forgetting that in grade nine there was absolutely this friend that I had who was like he's kind of cute like if I was going to kiss one of my male friends it'd be him But I'm not. It's a gay. casual hypothetical. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is a no homo smooch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like also like looking back and like wondering with my like questions about my friends of like, so, like, what if one of like our friend group was gay? Like, would you have an issue with that? Like, would it be awkward? And just like all these questions that I didn't realize were like undoubtedly Mm. (laughs) self-reflective and like one of my my first well i say serious girlfriend but one turns out they're non-binary eventually found that out that's how Uh, they get you Mm -hmm. (laughs) and two i say serious but it was like only a month That's 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 somewhat high school serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that so that goes like, past the two week mark. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that two weeks I think was my first girlfriend. But uh, 
yeah, when they uh, came out to me as bi on a like subway ride, and they were like saying it with extreme gravity, and I was just like, yeah, okay, that's fine, <laughs> like whatever. Like, it, uh, you know, later found out that was their way of trying to like gently break up with me because they realized they weren't interested. Uh... But. But it so was... the gravity was from somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it worked out fine. We're still really good friends to this day. Now, like, 15 years later. Oh, so that's that... a great friendship. Yeah. Uh, I really appreciate them. So, yeah, and then it was sort of, like, nothing for, a re- like, it's extremely straight for a really long time. <laughs> um, and then in my, like, mid-20s... I started to realize that, like, my partner's gender, like, I was attracted to people regardless of their gender, mm-hmm. but I still wasn't ready to, like, say I was queer or that I was bi or anything. I just wasn't there yet, I guess. But I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't care what's in your pants. <laughs> I if I find you attractive and you're a good person and like I just want to spend time with you and then like over like I have this weird habit where like I will delay and overthink things for a long time and then eventually I come to a decision and I jump in with both feet mm-hmm. and uh, so eventually like I think I was this was this was pretty recently I guess in the grand scheme of my life, like three years ago, two or three years ago, something like that. I was like, yeah, I'm bi. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Just like, you know what? Fuck it. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm already like, I I mean, even what's wild is like, even before that point, I had like tried experimenting with my gender some too. Cause I was like, you know, sometimes I feel like maybe I'm feminine and I thought maybe I'm gender fluid. Cause like I'd feel attractive in like, um, non-masculine clothing and my partner who I'm still with and have been with, I think coming up on nine years at this point. Oh, wow. Um, she's been really supportive through my whole journey and my experimentation and, I'm super lucky to have her in my life. And uh, she's also queer. She's pan and uses she, they pronouns. And so it's it's nice to have someone who's um, in my corner and really supportive in that ways. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I tried experimenting with my gender some. And I realized that it was, like, not a... F- I guess almost a phase, you know, like... <laughs> But not in the, like, dismissive way that uh, right. a lot of people tend to use it. Like, you know, I experimented. I tried it out, tried it on, had a bit of fun with it, realized that it wasn't for me, wasn't who I was. Hmm. But I think, you know, made me more comfortable with progressing with the queerness that is me. You know, Heck and so, yeah. event- so eventually I was like, yeah, I'm bi, I'm here. I'm gonna gonna wear the purple, magenta, and blue whenever I can, because mm, yeah. love those colors. <laughs> the, the ultimate color scheme, like <laughs> I just love the bike flag so much. <laughs> yeah, um, I actually have a, a 
I bought a blue suit not too long ago, specifically to wear with a purple shirt and a magenta mm. tie. Yes. So it's one of one of my favorite outfits. I don't have a lot of opportunities to wear it, unfortunately, especially these days. But yeah, it makes me happy to have. <laughs> That's biconic AF. I love it. <laughs> like it sounds like you had a you have like a strong relationship and sense of self that I feel like everybody should strive toward Mm -hmm. in which you follow your impulses on like, oh, let me try this on for size. And then like had the self introspection to be like, no, okay. Or like, yeah, sure. Yeah. You know what? This is me. Yeah. I've been really lucky and like, and I know that part of it is that I benefit from the privileges of being a white male who's cisgender and I think that that has definitely helped in some ways because there's I don't have the same traumas related to not having those privileges that a lot of other people do so I've got this strong like you said sense of self to not have to worry about those things I think for sure there's like different expectations for gender placed on white people versus like people of color and especially black indigenous people of color like there's mm. different expectations colonialism yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah you hate to see it <laughs> yeah so i i've i i've had those uh those privileges in my corner and like i said i've i've also benefited a lot from having supportive people in my life mm. Although I still have, like, nervousness about, like, you know, uh, good... I I would say that a chunk of my friends know that I am bi, and I'm definitely, like, extremely bi in my online presence and with my online friends. Right. But, like, I still haven't told my parents or any of my relatives about it. And even though I know that my mom would be accepting as uh, seen by the many earlier conversations in my life. It's still scary. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I think that's something that people have a tendency to take for granted when it comes to, like, coming out slash inviting in, where um, I know, like, a lot of my family members were perplexed when I was scared to come out to them as non-binary because my family is, like, hang our clothes on a line uh liberals <laughs> like uh don't use plastic straws type uh and like super super supportive of queer identity and like i've been out to them as bisexual since like 2010 so they were like why are you scared of coming out as non-binary and it's like there is an unpredictability that still comes with coming out mm-hmm. like you can have good expectations for someone's reactions that wind up backfiring. And that's happened to me. And that's happened to a lot of people. So it's still scary. Even, and sometimes, especially now in 2020. And even with people we love and, like, our family and all of that. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, even if you know what's coming, a big step is a big step. Yeah. Also that. <laughs> and that's scary. <laughs> yeah. I also just, uh, I, I guess, like... A, a, a more like petty fear in some ways. I really don't want her saying "I told you so" if she remembers <laughs> those conversations. There it is. <laughs> you know what? That's 
Very fair. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. (laughs) I love my mom and also she's a lot. (laughs) I, uh, my mom, when I was, before I came out as bisexual, um, and a lot of, I will say that a lot of her uh, reaction to this was based in like cisnormative standards for like gender that she doesn't hold today. So just benching that. But uh, I was, like, in my school's GSA, and, like, we watched videos about, like, coming out and all that. And one time I was in a car ride with my mom, and I was like, Mom, what would you say if I came out to you as gay? And the word gay didn't even, like, leave my Mm. mouth. She just goes, oh, thank God! (laughs) (laughs) Because, and again, this is based on cisnormativity. She was relieved to hear that I wouldn't get teen pregnant. And... (laughs) I was like, I'm not a lesbian mom. I was just asking you a hypothetical question. And she's like, oh, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. So I I get where moms can very lovingly sometimes be much. Yeah. Mm. But that was a, oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) So, Austin, what is something you would like to tell cishet people for the very last time and then you never have to hear about it again? Oh, God. There's there's so much, you know? Um, <laughs> God, I think that, like, the thing that does sort of bother me the most, probably, is just fucking respect people's pronouns. Like, it's just such, uh, like, base, e- like, it's so baseline. It's such a low bar, you know? I mean, the the only thing I can think of that's a lower bar is don't be transphobic. But, like, <laughs> right. that's such that's such a low bar. It feels like don't, it doesn't even deserve being mentioned. Like, just respect people's pronouns. Come on. It's, it, sure, maybe there is, like, a, a like, a, a, small hurdle to get over if you knew the person when they use different pronouns right Mm. but like just just make the change don't make a deal about it don't center any guilt you might have over mistakes you make Mm -hmm. when you're making those those changes in your mind like changing your vocabulary does take work it's not impossible though it's not mm-hmm. even that hard. Just do it in your head when you're alone and thinking about that person. Hmm. Or even like, and this is especially helpful if you like live with somebody else, but even you could just practice aloud by yourself because saying it out loud is also super helpful. If yes. I'm learning a friend's pronouns, I will say the shit out of their pronouns <laughs> to like, I will talk about that friend for like a solid week to my partner. Like, Oh, did you hear what my friend did? They did this. And Tim's like, I have heard about this person <laughs> for so long. <laughs> <laughs> but like that, it, it like, not like it's entirely like learning a new language because that is so extensive. I don't want to oversell the difficulty of learning new pronouns because it's really easy. But it is like learning a new language in that you actually do have to put practice into it sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's not enough to just correct yourself in the moment. You also have to then take it home with you, do a little homework, and work to do better next time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Which, which you said about uh, practicing with your partner is absolutely something that I have done with my partner, too. Because, like I said, I a friend of mine, you know, their pronouns changed over the course of me knowing them. And they are not the only one. I have a number of friends who have transitioned over, like, in the last couple of years. Uh, it comes with being a tabletop role-playing game designer in the yeah. indie space yeah. apparently <laughs> um, wait 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 you're telling me that there's gay people in ttrpg no <laughs> what yeah i who, never would have thunk it going it? to <laughs> never would have thunk it going to pax unplugged and <laughs> not being able to walk two feet without bumping into someone with a pride pin on <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, you know practicing with with your partner is is very uh, a very low stakes way of doing it like he said yeah yeah so that just, that's my message to cishet people is just to put in the the little bit of effort that it takes to to mm-hmm. wrap your brain around you know yeah. pronouns whether they are ones you'd expect or ones you're familiar with or neo pronouns like just put in the fucking effort <laughs> Yeah. Plus, there's a lot of resources online for um, learning and practicing different neo-pronouns. There's, like, there's one website called, like, Pronoun Island. I think the URL is pronoun.is, and it lists just just about every pronoun set you could possibly think of. And then when you click on them, it shows you a bunch of practice sentences. Oh. The resources are out there for educating yourself and learning. Go yep. use them. Yep, and there's also the Trans Language Primer, which is another great resource, which... Uh, Ooh, I've never heard of that. Oh, um, yeah. I, who does it? I think I think their name is Gray, I want to say. Um, it's been a while since I looked at it, and I follow them on Twitter, but they I only ever see their uh, their, their Twitter handle, right? <laughs> right, yes. yes. Um, <laughs> so I can't, I can't recall their name offhand. The struggle um, is real. Mm. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's another good resource. Um, so yeah, <laughs> shout outs to shout outs to them. The the information is out there. Go mm-hmm. go look it up. Yeah, that's a good yep. one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so Austin, what is on your gay agenda? My big gay agenda is tabletop role playing games, as <laughs> previously mentioned. Um, yeah, I make a lot of those and they tend to be queer and not like not not like uh i don't make games about queerness but i make Mm. games that are queer friendly i guess i don't know it's i'm not sure if like the right way of putting it but like for instance uh most of my games they don't say like uh are is your character masculine or feminine or right it just says here's here's a blank slot for you to stick your character's pronouns Mm. and here's another slot to just describe your character like just just you know empty text fields put in what is and isn't relevant to your character concept you know that's all that that's what it needs it doesn't need anything more specific than that does it? I don't need to put people's players or their characters into boxes. Hmm. Yeah. So like, not like the games aren't like, oh my gosh, here's 
the, you have to navigate life gayly. Go, <laughs> run, be, it's, it's queer accessible. Yeah, I guess that's a really good way of putting it. It's queer accessible. Uh, I try and make all my games. <laughs> and uh, I, I have, <laughs> there's, there's this weird trend that has happened with one of my games, uh, my game Beam Saber. Um, I, I streamed a, a year-long campaign of that, and other than myself, every single person on it changed their pronouns over the course of that year-long game. <laughs> All five other players. And... <laughs> um, th- three of them uh, trending towards uh, she, her. Um, and then... Uh, other people have played my game and like transitioned after playing it <laughs> and so a friend of mine she she has jokingly tweeted about it being like the most powerful force feminization uh, <laughs> element yes! in the TTRPG space which not intentional on my part uh, but very funny Hey, listen, when you catch lightning in a bottle... <laughs> yeah, I, I absolutely support that reading of the game. Um, <laughs> great power has been granted to you. Yeah. Yes. I was going to say use that power for good, not evil, but I can't even think of an evil way to use that. It's just good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, so I try like, w- with this trend, something that I felt was really important was I... Um, put in a whole section about like pronouns and changing pronouns and um, changing names into beam saber since like it wasn't just that like the players had gone through those changes over the course of playing it but also like their characters had as well some of them and so i wanted to like like clearly this is a it's a game that is a space for people to at the very least experiment in that regard and so i wanted to make sure that the game supported the, that experimentation and so i you know wrote a section and i am i am not trans so i don't want to speak for trans people in like this section so you know i passed it along to like a, a player who is in that who is uh trans and had them have a look over it and like make suggestions and you know took those into account and i just just want to be supportive of my friends (laughs) oh yeah we love collaboration yeah yeah absolutely that's amazing i love that gay agenda item me too 12 out of 10 jay want to lead us on a game all right hello yes i'm your camp counselor jay um and our game today is called table or top (laughs) unfortunately i couldn't create anything that lives up to the name (laughs) everybody listening will have to pause the podcast for five seconds to just really appreciate it and then come back yeah Yeah. i i thought after after listening to your uh, renaissance noir episode i was expecting it to be like um is it a piece of Ikea furniture, or is it a pro-dominatrix? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Jay, write that down. Oh my time. gosh, that's a good one. <laughs> I want to play that game. See, this is this is why I'm a game designer, right? Just off the cuff. Shit. Perfect. <laughs> that's brilliant. Um, so, uh, in Table or Top, 
uh, it's, was just going to discuss some, I say this with the, the caveat that I don't know very much about TTRPGs and have played a small number of them. Uh, the list of some game mechanics that are in some games. And for each one, we can table it because we don't like it. Or <laughs> it's a top. top it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Gonna have to bring our big switch energies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I, I can fuck with like. it. <laughs> <laughs> the real question is, would I fuck this TTRPG? <laughs> there are some very horny ones out there, let me tell you. Mm, that's true. Mm-hmm. Go that's look Go look true. up the work by Adir Slattery. <laughs> gonna write that name down. Uh, <laughs> 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 well, like, for example, if we were to mention... Um, Games where morality is built into races. That's no mm. good. Table. 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 Yeah. So get get that table. shit out of here. Yeah. So that's the example one. Yeah. All right. Cool. You ready? Mm-hmm. Table or top. Right. Um, set turn systems where there are set turns for people rather than just going in when you feel it. <laughs> <laughs> um. Hmm. I hmm. This is like this is this is what I'm feeling switch on because hmm. like it's very much about context, right? Like a lot of game. The thing the thing with game design is like you got to question everything. Uh, you don't in, any any ideas that you inherit from your experiences in game design. You got to question it and wonder whether or not it's suitable for your game. So there are definitely games where. Uh, turns work and make sense but they are far from a requirement in games um so i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna say table it just uh like if, if i have to go with one or the other i'm gonna say throw them out free yourself yes <laughs> um if you end up feeling switchy about a few of them i'm very open to it being like, <laughs> context context i don't believe in binaries <laughs> I didn't turn myself bisexual and non-binary, so I'd have to pick between two things. <laughs> yeah. um, I want all of them. All right, so like tentatively tabled. Cool. I love the idea of free event, freeing ourselves. Uh, next, I have uh, class systems, like types of hunter and monster of the week, or that cyber samurai one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the one. Uh, I am going to say top. Again, this is one of those things that is like, with Condex, there are some games where it just doesn't fit. Um, but I really like working with archetypes in mm-hmm. games. And uh, a, a number of, well, a lot of my favorite games use them. And I think that they give good direction for players who are like, unsure about what they want to do if you put the like literally anything as an option in front of them some people don't know what to do but if you say hey do you want to be the person who punches good they're like no but maybe this one over here who shoots good that looks good that looks like fun that looks like my cup of tea so i'm, I'm gonna say top that heck yeah Heck yeah. As a um, bisexual, gender-fluid Libra, 
I've never made a decision. And um, I find, that, yeah, it's really helpful, like, to have a, a place to start from. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, next, I just have one die and one alone. <laughs> um, I am... I'm going to say table that. Uh, there is only one use for having a singular die, and that is if you want no bell curve on your randomness, which, you know, has its uses if you are looking for something that comes out comical due to the random nature of it. Mm. But if you want to, like, seriously try and direct action and scenes with random number generation, then generally you want more than one die so that you can weight uh, outcomes. How about... All I'm going to... All I'm going to say is that I didn't start playing Fiasco because I only wanted one die, all right? <laughs> <laughs> you leave me and my son 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 alone. <laughs> all right, what about one million die? Which is, of course, an exaggeration, but <laughs> many, many I dies. mean, I, I've heard of Shadowrun games where, like, characters are rolling, like, 25 or more six-sided dice mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh that horrifies me um <laughs> that is that is too many dice that is the dice equivalent of too many cooks it gets <laughs> surreal the more it goes on um mm. so yes i'm going to say no million dice please T- tabled too few dice tabled too many dice comfy yes. in the middle <laughs> yes give me that goldilocks amount of dice <laughs> Very, very quick counter, because I agree within gameplay, one million dice, unhelpful. For my aesthetic, as a (laughs) dice-hoarding goblin, a million dice. To choose from, All in different, pretty, sparkly color. Yeah. To choose from. To choose from. I will absolutely say that rolling that many dice is fun. I, I do yes. not deny that there is a there is a pure joy of dropping an absurd amount of dice, but yes. it it definitely messes with like actual mechanics for mm. games. <laughs> it's about as fun as a game of fifty two pickup. <laughs> yes, fun for <laughs> that have... one second, <laughs> and then after it's only consequences. <laughs> one of the first games I I ever played, and I didn't I didn't know how to RPG, and my friend was like, "Oh, I'll talk you through it." It's fine. I was like slowly getting the hang of it. And at one point he brought in this like very powerful NPC. And then I just see him roll like 20 die. (laughs) And I was very intimidated as someone who just decided to play that game for the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. How about games without a one, one person storyteller, game master, DM, whatever. Uh, top. Those are, some of those games are absolutely great. Uh, I have made some myself. I've also made games that do have a singular storyteller, director, GM type person. Um, so yeah, I I can, I can go either way with this. Um, there's so many interesting games that are GMless, and I think a lot of the ones that are, a lot of tabletop role-playing games that are good introductory games for people who aren't super familiar with it are ones like that because Mm. they really they they tend to be like uh less sprawling affairs in terms of the rules 
And so they, they make it quicker to get in and out and to try new things and uh, tend, tend to be more clear in how to facilitate them, I feel. Games like The Quiet Year and For the Queen and um, Adventure and like th- there's so many out there that are and fiasco as previously mentioned <laughs> <laughs> yeah Rat. okay how about uh games where characters cannot die unless the player agrees it is right the right time oh, i have top. strong feelings about this one yes <laughs> yeah those those are great yes. like you know if death is on the table everyone should be on board with that it shouldn't just be uh some per if there is any one person who has responsibility for whether or not a character dies it should be the player controlling them you know bless And, and like if if that death is out of their hands it should be something that one they have like agreed to as a potential consequence beforehand and should also be something that is like clearly built up to over time you know like um in in my game beam saber like it is very difficult to kill characters because a player can choose to resist any consequence it costs them a resource but they can be like no that doesn't happen um and like if they do that enough eventually they will run out of that resource like Hmm. but it's a long time coming and i don't just mean like in over the course of a single session but like over the course of a campaign it's a long time coming and even then there's a very good chance that there's some way for them to resist that that death anyways they they really have there has to be some degree of player buy-in for for character death yes I get so attached to my characters. So I love (laughs) when there's not the possibility of me just like beefing at the second session because of bad dice rolls. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, those games are fun too. But again, like I said, you got to have, you got to have that player buy-in, right? Mm. People have to know that it is like a lethal game that they might, they might croak (laughs) in the second session because they rolled badly. (laughs) And if you die in real life, that's just the game. (laughs) (laughs) That's the (laughs) buy-in. All right, last one. Physical props. Uh, Uh, hmm, 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 hmm. I would say... I would say top with the caveat that they should not be expected because they can be super, like... There's a lot of extraneous stuff that people can bring to a tabletop role-playing game that isn't necessary for a good time. And I mean, like, things that seem, quote-unquote, basic, like character voices. You don't need to do character voices just because you saw Matt Mercer do it on Critical Role. (laughs) You know? doesn't matter whether you're the the GM or whether you're a player. Same goes for props. Same goes for, like, having background music. Same goes for, like, atmosphere you know, there are some games that require that sort of stuff. Like I know Ten Candles requires you to actually mm. play with tea lights. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and Dread requires a Jenga tower. Bless. <laughs> uh, but um, like those those things are not required, but they can also be absolutely awesome when you bust them out. 
I think that they are sort of the the kind of thing that you bring out to really drive home a dramatic moment, you know? And, like, the easiest one of those to do is a written letter that you can just hand over to the players. Mm. Those are always really neat to have done and, you know, tend to be really dramatic. But, uh, yeah, uh, top with the caveat that it's not necessary in any sense. I feel like I've learned so much. Thank you for playing table or top. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for running it. You're a wonderful GM. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's true. A gay master. A gay master. <laughs> Austin, thank you so much for being on the show. Is there anything that you would like to plug? Yeah, um, as I have repeatedly mentioned, I'm a tabletop role-playing game designer. Um, so you can find my game design work at austin-ramsay, that's R-A-M-S-A-Y, dot itch, dot I-O. You'll find all my game design work there. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at not and in, that's N-O-T-A-N-I-N-N. And I also uh, am on a podcast, an actual play podcast, uh, called You Don't Meet in an Inn, which is uh, where we play obscure tabletop role-playing games with a rotating cast. So if anyone who's listening is curious about stuff other than D&D or Shadowrun or Vampire, probably any, like, big... Basically, our rule is if it's had a video game adaptation, <laughs> then it's off the table <laughs> and we won't play it. That's, very That's a good to... rule. Yeah, that, that tends to be what qualifies as mainstream, in our opinion. So we, we've done a lot of really great games, including Fiasco, um, that you can uh, listen to. And I, I recommend giving it a listen. We've been doing it since 2014, so there's a big backlog and lots of different games for you to check out. Amazing. Um, if you want to tweet Ikea furniture names that you think would be good pro-dom names at me, um, I'm on Twitter <laughs> at underscore glittergoblin underscore, and I link to my other social medias from there. And you can find my gay agenda on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and from there, whatever places they go is, I don't know, God's will. Uh, <laughs> but if you're on Spotify or iTunes, why not, you know, throw us a rating, leave a comment. Uh, you can follow us on Spotify, and that's a really good way to know when we have released a new episode. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. And our handle on Twitter is at GayAgendaCast. You can also find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash mygayagenda, where we release uh, bonus content like the uh, podcast that my partner and I run, where we watch uh, movies one or both of us missed out on in childhood. Uh, I pretty recently made him watch High School Musical for the first time. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that was just an absolute delight. Uh, so you can check us out there. Like, Rachel... Roll the Dice Higgins, and Tiny Sneal. <laughs> Until next time, put this on your gay agenda. Change the world. Love yourself. Go play a game. It's been a long day, and you deserve some fun. I'm like Hell yeah. jonesing for some Jenga now. <laughs> 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 and that's our gay agenda. That's our gay agenda.